Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatry Podcast. I'm Courtney Snyder, a physician and holistic adult and child psychiatrist. In today's podcast, I'll be talking about morning routines and ways that we can set the stage for our day. Our days are really a microcosm of our life. How we begin our day can determine the quality of our day and thus, over time, the quality of our lives. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the value of a morning routine, one that is focused on honoring ourselves and setting the stage for how we want to live out our day. There is no prescription or one-size-fits-all approach. This is very individualized and is really between you and yourself. You may be able to work in 10 minutes, or you may be able to build upon something you've already started, and your routine may take two or even three hours. In this podcast, I'll talk about reasons many of us start to build in or build upon a morning routine. I'll talk about how morning habits by way of neuroplasticity can transform us and our lives. I'll discuss obstacles to starting or sticking with a routine and how we might overcome these. I'll also give examples of how we can bring our body, spirit, and mind into each day. And I'll give some examples from my own morning routine. There are many reasons we might start a morning routine or want to grow our morning routine. Perhaps you are going through a healing process and there are certain things that you need to do as part of your healing. Perhaps you have young children and unless you get up before they do, then you won't have time for yourself. Perhaps you find yourself rushing through the mornings and feeling reactive much of the day. You may feel your day is dragging you along or pulling you in multiple directions often by other people's needs. Rather than you having an intention and vision of what you would like your day to look like, maybe you feel unfulfilled and would like to infuse more meaning or even purpose into your days. Maybe you have specific goals that you would like to accomplish for very practical reasons. Maybe your life is going well, but you want to move to a place of thriving and getting more out of your life. Maybe you want to create change or transform something about yourself or your life. Maybe you simply want to acquire a new skill. I like to think of the morning routine as a gift we give ourselves. This really is a time for ourselves, again, whether it's 10 minutes or two to three hours. It is a time when we are typically alone and aren't focused on the needs of others, on responsibilities, or on deadlines. Though all of these can benefit from this time and self-care, I also like to think of this as a time when we consciously bring our presence back into the world. And it is a time when we have an opportunity to prove to ourselves that by doing something every day, however small, we can create change. What is a habit? Habits can be described as those small decisions we make, the actions we perform every day, some we feel good about and others not so much. A habit is a behavior that we carry out without thinking about it. According to research out of Duke University, habits account for 40% of our behaviors on any given day, so they very much shape our lives. You will see conflicting information on how long it takes to make something a habit, or even to break an unwanted habit. And that is because there are certainly many variables. But 21 days would be the least amount of time it would take 
If you're really doing something every day, some will argue that two months is more realistic and that would account for not necessarily doing something every single day. I think if we commit to three weeks, by then we are starting to see the benefits and hopefully we'll want to keep going. With a little more time, things will become more automatic. Once something has become automatic, missing a day here or there is less likely to derail things, and you can more easily get back on track. Creating a habit, just like acquiring a skill, takes time for neuronal connections to be made and then reinforced through repetition. This is called neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to rewire itself. Observing neuroplastic changes as we create habits can be fun and build our confidence. From a neurological standpoint, the morning routine is really about deciding what ways we want to rewire our brain and then to start in a relaxed and stepwise manner. When I was concerned that I might have some residual neuronal damage from mold toxicity and high EMF exposure, I wanted to see if I might maximize the communication between my right and left hemispheres, so I very slowly taught myself to juggle. I would just work at it for one to two minutes each day, and eventually I was juggling. I could have put more time in and learned faster, but I had other things that I wanted to do as well, and that was a specific habit that most people don't need to do, though it is fun. There are other habits that we can all benefit from, like writing down three to five things that we're grateful for. Not only can it help shift our mood in that moment, but it also starts to train our brain to scan our days for the positives. So there can be many obstacles to building in or sticking to a morning routine. First, I would say that we can certainly become too perfectionistic So this is a good opportunity to live in paradox. In this case, the paradox is that regularity and routine are important for building habits, but so is flexibility. You want your routine to work for you as opposed to you working for it. If you feel like you are a slave to your morning routine, there is a problem. You will know this if you feel stressed by it, if it makes you self-critical, or if you're experiencing feelings of shame because of it. Another obstacle can be adding in too much, which can cause us to stop. I would recommend building in one habit at a time and start small. And sometimes the first habit to build in is getting to bed at a decent hour, which I'll talk more about. Perhaps the most common obstacle would be thinking we don't have enough time. But again, even if it's just five minutes or less to do a brief gratitude list or to have an intention or a vision of how we would like something to go that day, those five minutes could have a huge impact. We can all benefit from doing an inventory of how we spend our time when we don't think we have time, meaning we can take a typical day and write down where our time goes. Consider if there is anything that isn't serving you well, bringing you joy, well-being, intellectual stimulation, purpose, or connection. Perhaps you are spending more time on activities such as TV, social media, internet searches, or something else more than you would like. Consider any time you spend on preparing for your day an investment. A longer morning routine 
of two or three hours, for example, could initially feel very wasteful, even if someone is able to do that. But when we consider investing two hours, that may be 12% of our waking time, and that 12% could make a huge difference in how effective we are, how much we enjoy our day, and how much meaning we derive from that other 88% of our day. Another obstacle can be that stimulation-seeking feeling that can drive us in the morning to want to check the news, social media, check texts or emails, all of which can move us into a reactive state. Once you start to get the benefits of a morning routine, however, it's easier to forgo and to look forward to engaging in those later. Another obstacle to this type of self-care can be that many of us are susceptible to compulsive caregiving at the expense of ourselves. However, we also may have life circumstances that require us to be a caregiver. Maybe we have a young child, an aging parent, a spouse with health issues. But whatever the case, know that whatever we can do for our own self-care will only make us better able to care for others. The same can be said for those of us who feel an important purpose to fill and that we don't have time to tend to ourselves. Again, those who are able to serve a larger cause in a sustainable and even powerful way are taking care of themselves first. I know for myself what gave me permission to build in a morning routine was realizing that I could be more effective. I had goals I wanted to accomplish to help others, none of which particularly focused on my own self-care. But over time, I came to appreciate my own worthiness of self-care and my routine grew beyond simply working out in the morning. And it grew for my benefit and then the benefit of those in my life and anyone served by the work that I did. Because this is very much about self-care, it requires a sense of worthiness to even do it or to get started. If you don't feel a sense of worthiness, you may have to essentially fake it until you make it, as they say. So focus on building a habit and let your thoughts and feelings catch up to that later. You might notice, but don't give credence to the undermining thoughts and feelings and just keep going. The kind of relationship you want with a morning routine or anything that you're doing for your self-care is that you look forward to it. We can see this time as a sanctuary, something always available for us to return to. Not unlike in a meditation where we may have distracting thoughts, but we can always gently return to center. So the ideal is to hold this lightly, take care of this time, so that it can take care of you. You may have a lot of stops and starts, so be gentle and try again. That's normal and not reason to stop. Again, like meditation, if your mind wanders, you gently return to center. And know that once you give it enough time, it should become habitual and second nature and doesn't require the same effort. And when you do see this happen, your confidence in adding in something else will grow. Once you see the benefits, it's easier to commit. I'd like to give some ideas of how we might bring our body, our spirit, and our mind into the day. If you don't have a morning routine, just listen. And if something sounds interesting, start there. 
As with anything, this is about listening to your own inner wisdom. This is an opportunity to just see what you're drawn to. I'll start with our bodies because if we feel good in our body, everything else follows more easily. The first place for many of us is to start with the night before, because if we aren't getting to bed at a decent hour, it will be hard to get up and have a morning routine. Staying up late simply makes it more likely we will start our day in a reactive mindset. So the night before, if we can focus on getting to bed on time, that could mean lowering exposure to blue light, and for some of us limiting EMF exposure, it might be taking a bath or reading something relaxing that can help shift gears into a restful mode. Setting an alarm and putting it away from the bed can be an important decision. There are a number of reasons that snoozing or sleeping in will cause us to feel tired, if not irritable, and foggy through much of the day. One of the reasons relates to cortisol levels that typically rise in the morning. If we snooze or fall back asleep, we are telling our body that such waking up mechanisms that help us get started for the day aren't necessary. Then when we do get up, those mechanisms are no longer available. This is actually a powerful choice for many people, and once tested out by getting up immediately and keeping the wake-up time fairly consistent, most people find that those extra minutes of snoozing simply aren't worth it. A couple other very simple things to try out are actually smiling first thing when you wake up. This can be another of those fake-it-until-you-make-it strategies. Smiling can shift our physiology and our mood. Hydration hydration is important for a lot of reasons, including increasing blood flow to our brain and to hydrating all of our cells. My own preference, aside from having uh, water and taking some supplements that I take, is that I generally fast in the morning. And from a brain health standpoint, most people can benefit from at least a 12-hour fast between dinner the night before and breakfast and avoiding eating two hours before bedtime. There are a number of reasons for this, which I'll look forward to talking about in a future podcast. But some of us prefer even longer fasts, up to 16 hours. For example, some people might eat dinner around 6 p.m. and then have breakfast or rather their lunch the next day at 12 noon. Another way to tend to the body is through movement. So this could be any form of exercise, stretching, walking, aerobic exercise, strengthening. I like dancing. It always shifts my mood, and I find the music inspiring for the day. Know that part of what is happening when we're exercising in the morning is that we're getting blood to our brain. Helpful chemicals for the brain are being released, And any postural shifts and movements that we're making can help with accessing the vagus nerve, something that I talk about in a previous podcast. A breathing practice can also access the vagus nerve, and we can literally train our bodies to be in a more relaxed state with whatever activities we're doing to access the vagus nerve. Meditation is another of those activities, and it is something that can be helpful for our bodies, for our mind, and our spirit. Part of its power is that when we sit ourselves down in a quiet space and we close our eyes, we're less likely to be reminded of 
responsibilities of what we have to do that day. I tend to prefer guided meditations. Currently, I'm doing one that I like from Joe Dispenza that starts with a breathing practice and then moves into shifting attention from focusing on a place in the body, for example, the center of the head, and then moving the attention to the space outside. So this would be the space around my head. And know that this shift from a focus to a bigger picture and toggling between those two does create a calming sensation in the body. If you haven't meditated before, I don't think it's something that people come to necessarily easily, and it takes time. I know for myself, it took me time to find meaning and value, and now I find it to be one of the highlights of my day. When I say bringing our spirit into the day, I'm referring to that part of us that experiences gratitude, that part of us that is able to be in the moment, that is intuitive. A morning routine from a spiritual standpoint is a time we can make room for our inner wisdom. This is a time, if we protect it, that we can hear what really matters to us in a way that is more difficult when we're moving through our day. From a neurologic standpoint, these types of activities that I'll talk about would be more aligned with the right hemisphere. This could be something like journaling in the morning or reading something that relates to our inner life or something that gives us peace or hope. The journaling could be anything from listing three to five things that we're grateful for, which provides endless health benefits, to writing three pages, as in the morning pages for anyone who's ever written or read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Maybe we have something that's weighing heavily on our mind and it can be helpful to journal and allow those thoughts to flow. This can help shift us to the big picture, get our feelings out, and often we can come up with the answers that we hadn't considered when we were just worrying or dreading whatever the day was going to bring. Getting our feelings out is incredibly important. While we're exercising, if not listening to music or just appreciating the silence, we might listen to favorite spiritual writer or teacher. So again, I would consider these types of activities ways of accessing our right hemisphere. And while we can have the intention to bring our highest self to our activities of that day, and that intention can just take a few seconds, we can also have more specific intentions. And this is akin to shifting to the left hemisphere. This is where maybe we're moving from the big picture to more of the details. And this may be imagining how we want certain activities to go, what we want things to look like. We can have the intention and at the same time not cling to those intentions. Sometimes things will unfold in unexpected ways. And with that, challenges and often opportunities will come. But other times, having imagined an activity allows us to be more present and more effective. This time can also be a time of shifting into creative thinking, I know for myself, often my journal writing can start with free writing and then turn into writing an outline for a podcast. So part of shifting into the details and this left hemisphere thinking 
can also be to start focusing on our goals for the day and transitioning into the other part of our day. I think of a morning routine as our opportunity to set the table for the rest of the day. When we set a table before we sit down, we can be present and enjoy what we have prepared. If we don't set the table in advance, we're getting up and down to get things and the meal becomes disrupted, not enjoyable, and we really don't connect with the food, ourselves, or whomever we are eating with. The same can be said about our days if we go into them without tending at the very least to our mindset, if not the state of our body and spirit. Remember, this is a time when we have the opportunity to rewire our brains and to transform our lives in very small and eventually big ways. I'd like to end with a quote from the late John O'Donohue. May I have the courage today to live the life that I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. I hope something here either inspired or gave you ideas of how you might bring yourself into your day. If you know someone you think may benefit, please consider sharing. If you'd like to learn more about root causes of brain-related symptoms, please visit my website at CourtneySnyderMD.com where you're welcome to subscribe to learn more about upcoming podcasts or blog posts. If you'd like to help me get this podcast out into the world, please consider engaging by liking, commenting, or sharing on one of the social media sites. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I look forward to connecting with you in a future podcast, and until then, take care.